Welcome to Dire Trip, where we deep dive into all sorts of spooky, horrific, or just plain weird crimes, lawsuits, and strange happenings all over the world. Without further ado, let's get into today's story. Alright everyone, you know what day it is, you know what time it is. It's time for another compilation video. Here I include all of the cases that aren't really long enough to be their own video, but definitely are worth talking about, so let's get right into it. Here we have, man strangled seven-year-old brother, told 911 he did it to prove that he is not God. Now this is a case that is both extremely tragic and extremely weird. A 27-year-old man in Minnesota was recently arrested after he admitted to strangling his seven-year-old little brother and making several phone calls to the authorities himself, claiming that he did it all for the greater good. Emergency services arrived to the home in an area about 15 miles southwest of Minneapolis. The home turned out to be the home of the sibling's parents. They first came across Dalal Bail Id, who told them that he had mental issues. He told officers, I'm afraid my mother might try to kill me because I've done something that may have her want to kill me. So they took him to the hospital for evaluation. Then the police returned to the home to actually look around. This is where they came across two kids, unharmed and sleeping. But then they came across Abdusali Adad Gel, unconscious and not breathing. They did as well as they could to save his life, rushing him to the hospital, but unfortunately he passed away shortly after arriving. Authorities have said that he showed signs of having been asphyxiated. An autopsy went on to prove that this was very likely the case, with his injuries being consistent with strangulation. Dalal was arrested and taken into custody, charged with a count of second-degree murder in the killing of his brother, Abdullahi. The emergency services reviewed the series of weird phone calls that Dalal had made to them. In some, he said, I just did something, but I don't know what I did. In others, he said, I don't want to say if I've harmed anyone. But then in even more calls, he said that, yes, he had harmed someone, but he did it for the greater good. His reasoning being, in his own words, God told me to do something to prove that I'm not God. Dalal had previously been convicted on charges of assault and aggravated robbery, pleading guilty back in 2014. After, he was sentenced to 103 days in a state correctional facility. We'll just have to wait and see what kind of jail or mental hospital he ends up in this time, and for how long. And now, Dad admits to getting runners high from abusing his newborn. It seems like the weird cases involving awful parents just keep coming and coming lately. Some months I even have to choose not to cover too many because it's just too much, and this is one of the worst ones. In this case, a father in Wisconsin has been telling police that he is triggered by his two-month-old son's crying, saying that he gets something similar to a runner's high after he inflicts pain on him in revenge. Officers were alerted to a suspicious call from Anina Hospital when a baby was brought in on September 7th with a good amount of bruising all over his body, suffering from brain bleed. His retina had a lot of hemorrhaging consistent with head trauma. The two-month-old had actually just been released from the NICU shortly before all of this started happening. The son, identified only as V1, was born two months premature and had to spend 47 days in the hospital before he was able to go home. He was soon back in the hospital only nine days later, suffering from these injuries. The injuries were so severe that he was flown to Milwaukee Children's Hospital for treatment. His father, Michael Ormond, couldn't stand him from the beginning, fully admitted that he had thoughts of hurting him ever since bringing him home from the hospital. Anytime he was alone with him after he was released, he would hurt him. 
He would pinch his toes whenever he would cry. Pinching moved on to squeezing, and then it got even more out of control from there. Michael told officers that he had taken his anger out on his son twice on the day that he was taken to the hospital. He spanked him three times in the morning, then started squeezing and shaking him later on in the day before, as he described, setting him down too hard. Michael flatly told the police that he has anger issues and that his son's crying triggers him. He told them that when he takes his anger out on his son, he gets what he feels like a runner's high. He then admitted that he treated his two daughters the exact same way when they were babies, saying that it's all okay because he only has issues with kids up until the nine-month point, then he's fine. Michael Orman, 39 years old, has been charged with two counts of child abuse, one charge of intentionally causing great bodily harm, and one of intentionally causing harm, according to court documents. He was thrown into jail, hit with a $50,000 cash bond. He was ordered to have no contact with his kids or their mother from here on out. The media has attempted to reach out to Michael and his attorneys to no avail. Michael is set to appear in court any time now. He's facing 28 years in prison with an additional 18 years of supervised release. Let's hope he gets the maximum sentence he can get, whatever that may be. Alright, here we have... Woman is arrested for attack on couple who were doing inappropriate stretches by a swimming pool. It seems like we're taking a break from Florida man for a while. Florida woman seems to be the hip new thing and I haven't really been disappointed yet. Here we have a case where a woman, 41-year-old Amanda Ferragamo, was hanging out at the pool one night at Lady Lake in Sumner County, Florida. This was when she spotted two people doing what she felt was something very inappropriate. Stretching. She felt that this stretching was far too inappropriate for human eyes to see and decided to take matters into her own hands. She walked up to the male and female and started cussing at them. This was when she shoved and punched the female stretcher. She then accused them of the aforementioned inappropriate stretching and chewed them out even further. The police were soon called, with officers arriving on the scene at about 2.30 a.m. They said, The female victim then stated that the defendant accused them both of doing inappropriate activities and began to shove her and smacked her across the face. The female victim has a red mark on her face indicating she was hit as well. The male victim told the deputies, She fucking attacked us. She's pissed. While the names of the victims or the location of the pool haven't been made public, the police have said that Amanda and the male victim are, quote, linked, only saying that Amanda was involved in a previous domestic incident. She didn't have any charges prior to this, however. Amanda was thrown into the Sumner County Detention Center and held without bond, but she has since walked free. She's expected to go to trial fairly soon at Sumner County Court, but so far no date has been set. And now, woman shot killed boyfriend playing game with handguns. So why stop at only one Florida woman case? I mean, that's just not gonna be enough, and you know, the weirder and dumber the better. This one takes place out in Hollywood, Florida. This is where a 26-year-old woman from Naples has been charged with manslaughter after shooting her boyfriend while playing a game with her handgun. According to the arrest warrant issued by the police, Brittany Ann Brothers was involved in a reckless and deadly shooting on September 2nd at a Hollywood home. It seems that Brittany called 911 herself, reporting that her boyfriend had been shot, telling the police that, quote, she had money and would pay anything for her boyfriend to be okay. The officers arrived to find the man lying unresponsive in front of a dresser with Brittany holding his head up. The fire rescue medics rushed him to Memorial Regional Hospital. Detectives took Brittany down to the station for an interview. On the way, she asked, damn, what did I do? saying that her boyfriend was definitely going to hate her after all of this. One detective stated, 
At no time during the interview did Brothers admit to shooting her boyfriend, but alluded that he would hate her because his face was injured and she hoped he would forgive her. Brittany told detectives that she and her boyfriend owned a few guns, saying that they would often play a game in which they would, in her own words, point their guns at each other. Brittany did admit that she knew you shouldn't play with guns. She said that it wasn't her idea and that she shouldn't have played along. The detective added, Brothers informed me she was sitting on the bed and her boyfriend was standing at the foot of the bed leaning against the dresser. She said he was holding his gun, pulled the trigger, and stated, This bitch almost went off. At the end of the interview, Brittany called her mom on the phone, admitting to her that if you do the crime, you have to do the time, but she said that she felt she wasn't built for anything like that. She told her mom, I'm so sorry, I know that we aren't supposed to play with guns, before ending the call. Brittany's boyfriend died of his injuries on September 6th while in the hospital. The evidence at the scene matched a Glock that Brittany owned. Brittany was actually bonded out of the Broward County Jail eventually after the judge found probable cause to charge her. I have to say I am really curious as to what the rules to their little game, well, what they even were. I mean, my mind immediately went to gun game from Call of Duty upon reading the title, but that seems a little unrealistic. Seems more like they were playing chicken or something. This one is, Woman upset over parking space uses bear spray on sister. We are really on a roll with the Florida woman cases today. I don't know why there are so many, but here you go. Alright, this one takes place in Deerfield Beach, Florida. This is where police arrested a 19-year-old woman and took her into Broward County Jail after she was accused of using a very strong form of pepper spray meant for bears on her sister and a toddler. Danica Chakira Hightower was arguing with her sister over a parking spot one late Friday night at her apartment on Southwest 3rd Street. She got out of her car, took a 9-ounce can of Guard Alaska bear spray, and sprayed it all over her sister who was standing outside of another car. Another woman was sitting in the car behind the sister along with her 21-month-old son. As Danica continued to spray and pray the bear mace, it eventually got through the open window of the car and hit the kid as well. The child was obviously reported to have been in an extreme state of distress after being doused in pepper spray. Danica was arrested and hit with charges of aggravated child abuse and burglary with assault or battery, both of which are first-degree felonies and a misdemeanor charge of battery causing bodily harm. Although she was ordered to have no further contact with any of the victims in this case, she was still released on bond shortly after. Here we've got... 78-year-old allegedly shoots, kills neighbor who was trimming trees along their property lines. Alright, Florida woman is out, Florida man is back in. It was fun while it lasted. This case takes us out to De Leon Springs, which is about 45 miles north of Orlando, Florida. One evening, a 42-year-old man named Brian Ford was trimming some tree limbs along the fence line he shared with his neighbor. This neighbor, 78-year-old Edward Druzelowski, was a bit of a nut job. Edward hated that Brian would dare cross the property line even for one moment to get the right angle to trim his tree. Edward stormed outside and confronted Brian, shouting, Get off my property. Brian didn't take him seriously and continued to trim his tree, telling him to mind his own business. After all, it would only be a minute. Edward then told Brian that he would shoot him. Again, Brian didn't take his 78-year-old angry neighbor that seriously. But then, Edward really did pull out a gun. Brian responded, You're pointing a gun at me? You're gonna shoot me? And yeah, he did. Edward's own wife was the one to make the call to the police, saying that her husband just meant to scare him and not actually shoot him. This line of reasoning didn't really hold up and Edward was quickly arrested for second-degree murder. 
Edward claimed to the police that he felt intimidated when the unarmed Brian walked closer to him, not responding when he said, stop right now or I'll shoot. But these are the words of a man who shot his neighbor for stepping a foot over the property line, so... Police, summarizing the interview, said, Brian kept walking closer to him and that's when he pulled the trigger for the first time. He said his firearm holds six rounds in the cylinder, but he keeps the first two empty for safety reasons. He stated Brian heard the gun click and continued to advance towards him, so he pulled the trigger the second time. He advised this time the firearm went off and he shot Brian. Surprisingly, Edward and Brian hadn't spoken in years, with Edward himself even admitting that they had never had a problem before, making this case even crazier. It does seem that Brian had a bit of a reputation that scared his neighbors, but that hasn't been made clear why. Edward said that he didn't just go and call the police because he felt like they wouldn't even respond. He thought that by simply pointing a gun at his neighbor, he would leave. But then he changed his story and said that he was afraid Brian would hurt him if he didn't shoot, adding, I have osteoporosis, and if I had been pushed to the ground, it would have hurt really bad. Here we've got, Police seek public's help identifying nude burglar that robbed a child advocacy office. Here we have a weird one all the way out from the mythical land of El Paso, Texas, in which police are trying to find a criminal, a really weird criminal. On Thursday, August 17th, a fully naked man broke into a children's advocacy center in El Paso, one located at 100 East Cliff Drive in a neighborhood by the Cathedral High School. This man, described as being a fully butt-ass naked man who was either white or Hispanic, was captured on security cameras as he broke into the center at 10.42 p.m. The man was described as having a thin build, sporting a buzz-cut style haircut. All he was wearing was glasses, some headphones, and some dark-colored socks and athletic shoes. He has tattoos on both of his arms, his hands, and his chest. It seems that all he did was steal a laptop before fleeing the scene. The police are pretty confident that, with the video footage, someone out there should be able to identify this man. In fact, Crime Stoppers is offering a pretty sizable cash reward for anyone who manages to provide the info. If you know anything, you could submit a tip, even anonymously, through the number here on screen. This one is... Airport security guard suspended for swallowing $300 wad of cash. So anyone who has flown ever knows that the TSA or the equivalent in other countries is awful. That's no surprise, but how often do they really steal money out of your bag and just straight up eat it? An airport screening officer in the Philippines was caught on CCTV footage doing just that after stealing a big wad of cash from a Chinese passenger. Just before, the passenger, only identified as Mr. Kai, reported that a bunch of his money had been stolen while he was going through the checks at the Ninoy Aquino International Airport in Manila on September 8th. This airport has actually previously been labeled as one of the worst airports in the world due to its frequent delays and filthy conditions. Mr. Kai had given his shoulder bag to the staff to search, but when it was given back to him, he quickly noticed that his $300 in cash was missing. He went back and confronted the female officer who had looked through his bag. This officer, unaware that a security camera was facing her, began to shove the bills into her mouth to hide them. Another passenger attempted to ask her some questions as she continued shoving money in her mouth, trying to use some water to better swallow it. When that didn't work, she started using her finger to try and shove it down her throat. She gobbled that money up real good. The officer was placed under preventative suspension along with two of her co-workers who are believed to have been in on the whole thing. Fourteen other employees are also being investigated, with officials worrying that this might have been an ongoing scheme. The female officer has denied all of the charges against her, saying that she was eating some chocolate and not a wad of money. 
but one of the officials said, that's not how one normally eats chocolate. You don't struggle to swallow it and you don't need water to wash it down. That is why the fact-finding team does not believe her claim. The officer, her supervisor, and another screening officer are now facing administrative charges for grave misconduct. They are still trying to file criminal charges as well, even though Mr. Kai has already left the country. Officials say that it is both embarrassing and infuriating that these kinds of incidents at the airport just keep happening. This isn't even the only time this year that a screening officer at that airport was caught stealing money, with another woman taking about $146 from a Thai passenger in the same manner back in February. Only a week after that, another was caught stealing a watch from another passenger. So keep your eyes open if you end up at this airport. And this one. Couple livid after sitting next to farting dog on 13-hour flight. I suppose airline-related mishaps might be becoming a trend on this channel recently just by pure coincidence, but who could resist this one? Here we have a case where a couple from New Zealand is demanding a refund, rumored to be threatening to sue after they spent a 13-hour-long flight sitting next to a dog that just would not keep its farts under control. This couple had taken a Singapore Airlines flight from Paris, paying extra cash for the premium economy seats, only to have their time ruined by a big, stinking emotional support dog. The wife said, I heard this noise, a heavy snorting, saying that she originally thought it was coming from her husband before looking down to see the dog. She was immediately enraged, saying, I am not having this sitting next to us the whole trip. They said that, while the dog was there to help someone with flying anxiety-related issues, the dog seemed pretty nervous on its own, blasting out one stress fart after another. The couple called a flight attendant over. All the flight attendant could really do was offer them the only other available seats in regular economy. They decided that they didn't feel it was worth changing into worse seats and decided to stick with the dog. But after six hours, they could not handle the pungent poopers any longer. The couple said that the dog menacingly inched closer and closer to them during the flight, locking eyes and farting all the way. The wife said, The owner couldn't have the dog out in the aisle because they couldn't get the trolleys through, so it had to come in further, which meant its head was under my husband's feet. My husband was in shorts and was getting the dog's saliva goo on his leg. After not too much longer, they decided that they couldn't take any more of this and demanded to change seats again. This time, they were offered some seats in the front row of the economy cabin meant for staff, and they took them. The flight attendant promised them that she would file an incident report and the airline would reach out to them shortly, but they didn't. So the couple decided to bombard the customer service line with calls. They were initially offered a $125 gift card for the airline's online shop. After much complaining, this was upgraded to a $200 travel voucher for each of them. But the couple was still very unhappy. Now they're demanding that Singapore Airlines refund the full cost of this journey. Singapore Airlines told the press that they would continue to work with the couple and apologize for the inconvenience they had caused. They actually are supposed to notify passengers when they're set to sit next to a dog before getting onto a flight. They apologize, saying, We sincerely apologize that this did not occur in this case and will work with our airport teams to ensure that this lapse does not occur in the future. And a bonus. Delta Flight returns after passenger has diarrhea all the way through plane. Alright, I'm including this one as a bonus story because although it isn't really a crime or anything, I felt assaulted when I read it. Just recently, footage has come forth showing what has been described as an onboard medical emergency that forced a United States plane to return back to where it departed from, Atlanta, only two hours into its planned flight to Spain. This was after a passenger had a sudden bout of diarrhea. 
all the way down one aisle of the plane. Maintenance crews were forced to spend five hours cleaning the Delta Airlines plane after it landed, including going as far as completely replacing the carpet. But after an eight-hour delay, all of the passengers, even including the one with diarrhea, surprisingly, were allowed to get back onto the plane and safely made their flight out to Barcelona without any more unexpected crap dragging things out. However, after arrival, people from onboard the original flight started posting pictures and videos to social media showing the aftermath of the incident. Now, I obviously can't show you any of that here on YouTube, but come on, do you really want to see it anyway? To describe it as best as I can, all that really covered the mess were some temporary piles of paper towels and disinfectant. One passenger stated that all this did was make the plane, quote, smell like vanilla shit. Most of the passengers climbed over seats rather than trek through the paper towel swamp. Audio has also surfaced of the pilot relaying to ground support that they had a biohazard issue, which likely freaked them out at first until he explained the specifics. Delta Airlines stated, our teams worked as quickly and safely as possible to get our customers to their final destination. We sincerely apologize to our customers for the delay and inconvenience to their travel plans. This came only two weeks after Air Canada had to kick two passengers off their plane after they had refused to sit in vomit-covered seats. Modern aviation people. It's good. Once again, this has been your host, Kyle. Thank you very much for listening to today's podcast episode. Feel free to look through my huge library of other stories if you found this one interesting, and be sure to be there for the next stories that come out each and every week. Have a good night.